Step into the hidden corridors of the past with Hometown History, where every episode uncovers the untold stories and secrets nestled in the streets and alleys of our own backyards. We bring history to life, revealing the extraordinary in the ordinary, from local legends to forgotten tales that shape the communities we know today. Tune into Hometown History and embark on a journey through time, right from where you are. A few weeks ago, on Halloween, I passed a group of trick-or-treaters on the sidewalk. They were laughing and talking, already eating their candy. Harley Quinn, a vampire bride, Mal and Uma, Captain America, and then there was a kid with their face completely covered in a strange nylon fabric, dressed in a black suit with extra long white fingers and black tentacles. Do you have any idea who this is? Have you ever heard of Slender Man? Rumor has it that Slenderman is a tall, humanoid figure who stalks children, some say in order to kidnap them, make them do bad things, or even eat them. Like many other topics we've covered on this show, Slenderman isn't just one story or idea. There are almost as many versions of Slenderman as there are people who have told his story. Everything from how he looks to what he does and where he came from has a thousand different versions, created and passed around instantly online. And, like with other stories, we also have to answer the question, is any part of the Slenderman story real? I'm Elise Parisian, and today we're going to talk about how Slenderman relates to the long history of boogeyman-type creatures that have been scaring us for centuries. Where did Slenderman come from? Who created this character? How did the story spread? And why do humans make up stories of boogeymen in the first place? All this and more on this episode of Unspookable. I already know what he looks like. I've seen so many pictures, so many memes. And he is very tall. He doesn't have a face. What I've seen is like um a white a like a white thing over his face. He just looks white um and it he's kind of like bright and people sometimes say that sometimes they'll see him wearing like a purple suit and in a big um like suit that you would wear to work. Have you heard your friends talk about Slenderman? Or maybe you've read about him online. One of the most fascinating things about this character is that the descriptions of him vary so widely. Does he have tentacles or fingers? How tall is he? Can he teleport or read minds? Does he live in the woods? The fact that Slenderman can be different things to different people is what links him to the tradition of stories about the Boogeyman. When I say boogeyman, what do you think of? Something that hides under your bed or in your closet? A creature that will somehow punish you if you're bad? Well, it may seem kind of messed up, but it seems like the idea of the boogeyman actually came from parents trying to scare their children into being good. The word boogeyman comes from the word bogey in Middle English, a version of the English language that was spoken between 1100 and 1500 in England and the surrounding areas of Europe. 
In lots of European folklore traditions, a bogey is a goblin-like creature, which could be in the same family as hobgoblins, elves, or fairies. The word hobgoblin is a combination of hob, a type of elf, and goblin, which many folkloric traditions claim is just an ugly or mischievous fairy. So the idea of the boogeyman came in part from people thinking about what it would be like if there were wicked or mean versions of mythical creatures like elves or fairies. Around the world, there are examples of creatures of all different varieties that have one thing in common. They represent a specific fear of the unknown. It's a normal human fear, especially when you're small, to wonder if the darkness contains dangers. As animals, our survival instincts make us question the unknown in order to protect ourselves. Our brains have evolved to help us survive. And part of that involves thinking ahead and imagining potential dangers. That, combined with our ability to tell stories, means our imaginations can easily translate unspecific fears into fantastical creatures that lie in wait for us around dark corners. And, maybe unfortunately for kids everywhere, some adults have tried to use that normal human fear to convince kids to go to sleep, eat their dinner, or do their homework. Around the same time as the word bogey came into existence, around the 12th or 13th centuries, there was also a creature known as a bugbear, a strange mashup of a bear, goblin, and scarecrow that supposedly ate small children who were bad. In some Latin American countries, a mythical figure called the Sackman is rumored to carry away naughty children in the bag on his back. Mexican folklore tells of La Llorona, the ghost of a woman who lost her children and who will steal other people's if they go out after dark. There's a rhyming song in some Spanish-speaking countries that can be traced back to the 1600s about El Coco or El Cuco, a monster that some describe as hairy like a coconut with red eyes. It waits under children's beds to capture them if they don't go to sleep when they're told. In the Mediterranean region, in countries like Italy, there's a rhyme about Babau, a tall man with a black hood or hat that hides his face. It is said that children who don't do what they are told will be taken by him and kept for a year. For almost every country and culture, there are examples of these stories. So it's no wonder that in modern times, stories about boogeyman-like creatures are still created and exchanged, even more quickly now that we have the internet. This is how the myth of Slenderman came to be. On June 8th, 2009, a new thread on the internet forum, Something Awful, asked users to create paranormal images through Photoshop. There were many submissions, but the one that got the most attention was from a user who called himself Victor Surge. He posted two different photos of children with a dark figure lurking near them. One of the photos had this caption. We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. The images caught on almost immediately. Surge and other users began adding to the story, creating drawings, fake newspaper articles, photos, and stories of sightings. All of a sudden, Slenderman was a real thing, with an internet following that many people were sharing. Now, notice how I said the word Photoshop. That's the computer program that lets you create and alter photos. So, yep, that's right. Slenderman is completely 100% made up from someone else's imagination. In fact, the Something Awful user, Victor Surge, 
is actually a man named Eric Knudsen, who has since talked about how Slenderman was just a scary but fun work of fiction to him. If you think about it, the genius of Knudsen's original post that likely intrigued so many people was the way that he uses a caption to add more mystery to the photo he created. He used the word it's to describe the figure. So we don't know if it's a person or a monster or what it is, making it potentially all the more terrifying. He also uses the contrasting language of horrified and comforted. So we don't really know what to think. Are the children in the photo somehow on the creature's side? Are they scared of him? What is their relationship? The date reads 1983. So we're left to wonder, did something specific happen that year? Are the kids in the photo still alive? These questions are what make these first Slenderman posts so engaging. We want to know what's going on, even if we're scared. In this way, Nudson's creativity tapped into that fear of the unknown that inspires so many of us to feel a little creeped out at the thought of going down into the dark basement or into the woods alone. I know that Slender Man, he's a really tall man. He's usually by the forest. And he steals children. I've heard that it was... Um, made up by a man. I can't remember his name now, but he was a man who was just like, I want to scare some kids today. And he was like, have you heard of the Slender Man? I don't think he's real because I know that someone made him up, so. Over the next few years, Slender Man spread to all corners of the internet with thousands of people adding to the story. A document almost 200 pages long contains many of the first stories and posts that came right after Nudsense. It's inspired a horror web series called Marble Hornets, several video games like Slender, The Arrival, and has a popular page on the horror website Creepypasta. Even Nudsen was surprised at the popularity of his creation, saying in an interview in 2011 that like any popular meme or internet urban legend, it was just in the right place at the right time. Although it was definitely scary, that's part of what made the idea of Slenderman so fun. Anyone online could add a new detail, or a new piece of fan art, or a new chapter to the story. There was no expert or inarguable truth, just the vast collective of people adding new facets to the myth every day. In lots of depictions, Slenderman is a faceless figure in a suit, sometimes with claws or knife-like fingers sometimes with tentacles coming out of his back. Sometimes he is more spectral or ghost-like, and sometimes he looks more like a person with a mask. Sometimes he's outrageously tall and thin in a way that a human being could never be, almost like an alien. Sometimes he is pictured in the woods or next to someone's house or on a dark street corner. Just like with the versions of the boogeyman from all over the world, one of Slenderman's main characteristics seems to be that he can pretty much take any shape that the storyteller wants. This is what connects Slenderman to the long tradition of myth, folklore, and urban legend. As we talked about way back at the beginning of the season, many stories, even scary ones, are part of these traditions. Myth, folklore, and urban legends are kind of in the same family, but are a little bit different. A myth is a story that might explain something about human history a natural or social phenomenon, and 
may involve elements of the supernatural. This would be the type of story that explains something like how the seasons came to be, or, as we said in the first episode, how humans first started using fire. Folklore tends to focus on the stories of particular culture or community, and is passed down by word of mouth. So, the different descriptions of the boogeyman story from different cultures, these could be considered folklore. Then, there's urban legend. These are often slightly spooky stories that are told as though they are definitely true. And the tellers often claim to know someone involved in the story. What category do you think Slenderman falls into? Well, the phenomenon of Slenderman has intrigued so many people that even college professors are studying it and asking these types of questions. Shira Chess, a professor at the University of Georgia, wrote the book Folklore, Horror Stories, and the Slenderman, The Development of an Internet Mythology. Chess says that with folklore, it's usually nearly impossible to know the exact origin of a story, which is part of what makes Slenderman so interesting. We know the exact date that the story was first told. Chess points out that Slenderman is an example of digital folklore, a combination between traditional folklore and the open source quality of the internet, where anyone can add to the story. So we may not be able to know exactly how fairies or hobgoblins or other creatures originated, but because we can track how many different people on the internet built the story of Slenderman from the ground up, it's like seeing the creation of folklore in action. Creator Eric Knudsen also talks about the unique combination of types of storytelling that Slenderman represents. In that 2011 interview, he said, an urban legend requires an audience ignorant of the origin of the legend. It needs unverifiable third and fourth-hand accounts to perpetuate the myth. On the internet, anyone is privy to its origins, as evidenced by the very public something awful thread. But what's funny is that despite this, it's still spread. Many scholars say there are three aspects of Slenderman that tie it to folklore. Collectivity, meaning that it's created by a collective rather than an individual. Variability, meaning that the story changes depending on the teller. And performance, meaning that the details of the story change based on the responses of the audience. Maybe you can think of a time when you were telling a story to your friends and you were responding in the moment to their facial expressions or emphasizing certain details based on what they liked. Or maybe you even created the story together. These are all ways that humans build folklore together. I should mention that while most people understood that Slenderman was just a story from the beginning, some were not able to tell fact from fiction. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls in Wisconsin stabbed another 12-year-old girl, saying that they needed to hurt their friend as a tribute to Slenderman, who would come after them and their families if they didn't. The girls were both found later to be unwell. They weren't able to tell what was reality and what was a story. Remember when we mentioned that some adults used examples like Charlie Charlie and other hashtag challenges as evidence that the internet is dangerous? People started saying similar things after what happened with the girls in Wisconsin, that the internet could convince young people to do dangerous things, and that it was therefore bad. This reminds me of how important it is to ask questions about things that scare us, or when we're not sure if something is true or not. If you come across a story online, or if a friend tells you something, ask an adult you trust about it. 
Having conversations about complicated or even emotionally difficult things can help us decide what's best for us, even with something that seems as simple as a story on the internet. Yeah, Slenderman may have inspired some truly scary things, but like with any stories of creatures that lurk in the dark, we can decide what to believe in, share, and create. There are many examples of this fear of the dark or the unknown being turned into stories that are more fun than scary. Maybe you've seen A Nightmare Before Christmas, and the character Oogie Boogie, who is made of what looks like a burlap sack, a reference to so many boogie creatures throughout history. Or Monsters, Inc., where the entire premise of the story is that there are monsters in our closets, and they're all unique and have hopes and dreams and feelings just like us. Slenderman and many of the creatures and themes that we've talked about this season tap into that very human question of what goes bump in the night. Slenderman uses the powerful storytelling idea that the more featureless or changeable a character is, the more we humans will make it into something that matches our own fears, potentially letting an idea get so big in our minds that we believe that it's real. But we are in charge of the stories we tell, and how we tell them. There is a lot of spooky stuff out there. It's up to us to separate fact from fiction. But as long as we keep each other safe, it can still be fun to have a good scare every now and then with our friends and find out who is really unspookable. Thanks for listening to the season conclusion of Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit with myself and Nate Dufort. Produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. Special thanks this week to Blythe, Bella, and Al. You can catch six-year-old Al with his father Jeff on the family-friendly Cadavercast, father-son monster movie podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. We are all hard at work on the second season of Unspookable. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any special announcements or bonus content. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure you tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and a review in your podcast player of choice or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, did you know that Unspookable is on Twitter? Look for us at I'm Unspookable. Have an idea for a future episode? Want to reach out about a potential partnership or sponsorship? You can contact the Unspookable team at soundsingtonmedia at gmail.com. Unspookable is part of the Soundsington Audio Network, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. If you do think Slenderman's real, don't be scared because he's not. It's just a character that somebody made up. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.